dating and how the men that you are attracting is actually a reflection of yourself. So Kelly had a conversation with a friend who said, you don't understand how like hard the dating game is right now. There are so many emotionally unavailable men out there. And that's, well, <laughs> that's what I keep attracting. So first of all, anytime you have a story or narrative around how your experience is going to be and you're projecting that, good fucking luck because you've already decided what it is. Like if you've already decided there are no good men out there, you've already said to yourself, it's game over, right? And so that's what you're going to be attracting. But remember, every single paradigm exists, right? So for one woman, she's like, oh my goodness, there are so many amazing men out there. That's me. Go to conscious speed dating, meet amazing, amazing men, masculine. Uh, They are leading. They are healed. They are emotionally available. They've done inner work. They're into spirituality. On the other hand, there are other women out there who are like, what the fuck? There are no good men. Because they hold that story, that is what is true. They've already, and it doesn't matter if in the past you attracted emotionally unavailable men, because I'm going to be honest too. A couple years ago, I was attracting emotionally unavailable men as well. I was attracting men who, you know, weren't as good, had issues, but why? Because I was available for that and because they were reflecting my availability. So the thing is, if you are attracting emotionally unavailable men, it's because, and this is the harsh truth, you're emotionally unavailable to yourself. You can only attract what you are. I don't attract now emotionally unavailable men. It just doesn't work because I'm emotionally available for myself. So how could I then attract an emotionally unavailable man? Previously, I wasn't, and yeah, Kelly said your heart is closed as well. Previously, I wasn't emotionally available to myself. I hadn't fully healed my attachment issues, my anxious attachment issues. So I were attracting men who were a match for me. And so Callie's friend said, yeah, but like, I don't know, Callie, if you can confirm, did they say they're emotionally available? I don't remember. But they were complaining that it's all the men's fault. And then Callie said, oh, my sister went to this beautiful conscious speed dating event where there are conscious men there. And what you do in the first 30 seconds of meeting your partner or the person in that round, you get like five to six minutes per round, is you spend that first 30 seconds eye gazing. So you got to look into each other's eyes, no speaking, no talking, and just meeting each other. And the girl said, I would never be able to do that. No way. So this girl says she wants emotionally available men, but she can't eye gaze with someone. How can you call in an emotionally available man when you are in a situation which requires vulnerability and availability such as eye gazing and you can't do that? So do you see how this woman, despite complaining about men being emotionally unavailable and thinking she's available, she's not. She's close and there's nothing wrong with that. We've all been in that place where we're scared of vulnerability, transparency, openness, and you know, 
and honesty. But if you can't be honest with yourself, if you can't even look in your in the mirror and eye gaze in your, with your own eyes and say, I love you, you're beautiful, you're amazing, and also hold that gaze with someone else, then you're not fully open, maybe because of trauma, whatever it is. And so therefore, you can't, you're not going to attract men who are available for that. So for example, I have no problem eye gazing. I've actually had people like, say to me, I don't know how you can hold my gaze for so long and you don't seem uncomfortable in the slightest. And I'm like, let's do a staring contest because I can do that. Like I have no issue with that. And I used to have an issue with that because again, I was uncomfortable with myself. I truly believe when it comes to eye gazing and vulnerability and emotional availability, it's nothing to do with can you connect with that person? It's actually a reflection of can you connect with yourself? Ooh. I'm accepting. Can you do it again? I think my, uh, like, oh. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Live, I love this. Yeah, so I just have so much to add to this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And what I was going to say is how super interesting it is that Sometimes we're totally unconscious of our own patterns, right? Like my mm. friend is saying, but I want um, a man who can commit to me, who's emotionally available, all of these things. And yet the reason why she can't attract and manifest that is because she's not actually ready. She's not in that space yet. And so the universe, like what the universe is, is doing by only allowing her to attract emotionally unavailable men is it's actually telling her, okay, there's a reflection of where she's currently at in her own journey in her mm. own healing and it's an invitation for her to go deeper into herself and to see herself on another level. And so it's all mm. feedback. Everything is feedback. It's not something to be ashamed of. Oh, I'm only attracting these, these type of men or that type of men. And when we say emotionally available, emotionally unavailable, that's just one of the things, right? Yeah. The best thing that you can do for yourself is if you're in the dating world and you're not, happy with the men that you're attracting ask yourself write it down okay what type of men have i been attracting what are the core common yes. traits that they actually have and that common denominator so like write it down is it emotionally unavailable is it that they don't have commitment is it that they're not ambitious is it that they're lazy is it that they're immature like there's such a long list of emotion i feel like emotionally unavailable is like the one that many women jump to and especially because yeah, like, I feel like for men, accessing their emotions is harder, especially if they haven't done, like, men's circles and, like, worked on their masculinity. But make a whole list and realize, oh, my God, there's this common thread with all the men I've been attracting. And really be honest with yourself. Do you embody those traits, those characteristics? If you're wanting a man who's committed and devoted to you, are you ready for commitment? Are you ready for devotion? And not even just in your relationship, in your life. Are you committed to your fitness journey? Are you committed to showing up every day? Are you committed to your business? It's hard to kind of be committed in a relationship, but then not committed in every single other area of your life, right? And this is what we talk about in self-leadership. It's like all the qualities that you desire in business, all the qualities that you desire in a relationship, you need to embody that in all areas of your life, right? You So you want um, to um, manifest... I'm trying to think of what were one of the things that we talked about, um, like clean energy, then you need to make sure you have clean energy in every single thing that you do, 
right? You need to make sure that you're not leaving things and being non-committed and having all these energy leaks around, like saying you're going to do something and never doing it. That's an energy leak. And so therefore that could also reflect and express itself in the energy leak of attracting a man who's not committed. A hundred percent. And it's never that the universe is like trying to concoct this thing to, for you to be worse off. It's all mm -hmm. just feedback that you can use so you can grow and you can actually look at yourself and work on yourself and be the very best version of you, which I find mm -hmm. just super interesting because we all go through these different periods and phases of our life. And, you know, looking back now, you probably can understand why things didn't work out in the past. And you can, you can understand it now looking back. Okay, why it didn't work out with that person? Why you attracted that person? And use that as a way to move forward in your dating life and your, yeah, who you're going to date now. Mm, exactly. Sorry, I'm just removing this spammer from the live because it's messing with our energy. It's not a vibe. If you comment shit things and expect to be blocked and deleted because I actually don't have the patience or time for your energy, I have no problem with that. And that's the thing as well, like boundaries. Like if you keep attracting men who are overstepping your boundaries and wanting more and like not respecting that's you. That's about you. Yeah. Do you embody and, your boundaries? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. It's really about not placing blame on the people that you're attracting. And I, that's what I often see. Oh, yeah. saying, all the men are emotionally unavailable. All the men are not honest. All the men are cheaters, liars, this, that. We're placing blame on them so that we don't have to accept self-responsibility and look oh. at ourselves, right? Mm. So when we keep saying, oh, all the men I attract are not honest, isn't that interesting that of all the things you could have attracted or manifested, you're only manifesting men who are not honest? What does that say about yourself? How honest are you with yourself? Mm. How mm. honest are you with your friends? And I even notice this in my own life. I might say to myself, I'm a really honest person, but if my friend does something to upset me, sometimes that people pleaser, scared of confrontation comes up and I don't really tell my friend the truth. And that mm -hmm. is not honesty, right? And so you can see how even those tiny small things can really um, play a bigger role in your life. Because if you can't even tell your friend, hey, actually, like, you know, when you come 10 minutes late or whatever, that affects me and I would rather you come on time can we work on improving this. If you can't do that with your friend, it's going to be infinitely harder to do that with a romantic partner. And so mm. that might be one of the reasons why you're attracting men who are not honest, for example. Yeah. And and plays... Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, you can go on. I was going to say it plays out like it's not always super obvious. Like let's say you're attracting men who are not honest and they cheat and lie, like they cheat on you and stuff. That doesn't mean that you're a cheater and you're a liar. Right. It can be a lot more nuanced. It can be a, it can be very different to that. Does that make sense? But it's still a type of a lack of honesty within yourself. Mm, I love that. And it like it really is in the little things as well. Um, but not every single thing is like a reflection of you. It could also be, for example, the opposite. So when it comes to like attachment styles, if you're attracting avoided men, it's probably because you're anxious. Like mm. avoided uh, avoided attachment doesn't attract avoided attachment anxious attachment attracts avoidant attachment because then that's like push and pull if both people are avoiding each other and leaning out it's like it's not gonna work right yeah. um so that's one thing to realize but if you are attracting a partner who's always avoidant is like doesn't like confrontation avoids intimacy in that way 
then might be because you're an anxious attachment and so therefore they create that push-pull. But overall, in like emotional availability, intimacy, that might be something that you're struggling with in yourself. And so I have an exercise um, or homework for you guys today and that is write out all the – you've probably done this. Like you have a list. I have a list on my phone of the conscious key I'm calling in and those things that I've written down – how do I embody that in myself or at least how do I complement that in my feminine? So certain things it is like emotional availability. It's like, are you at that level? Honesty, commitment, all of that. Or am I actually matching the man that I'm calling? Because remember guys, the man that you want to call in, you've got a list, you've got expectations. Your man also has a list of his, like his queen. You have to become the woman who is attractive to the man that you are calling in. Like, you also have to do the work in that type of way. Are you your mainstream woman? Are you your mainstream woman? And so in certain things, yes, am I, you know, the same things that I write about him? Or am I complimenting him in my feminine? So if you want to call in a man who's super driven, super ambitious, puts his purpose first, all of that, you don't necessarily want to be the same. You want to complement him with your femininity. So a man who's super in his masculine doesn't want a woman in their masculine. They want a woman in their feminine, right? And this is what I see so much now is women are complaining, oh, my God, all the men are feminine. If you're attracting feminine men, what does that mean about you? You're masculine. Masculine men aren't attracted to women in their masculine. Masculine men don't want women who are driven, independent, financially, I don't need a man. Like that is literally the most unattractive thing to a masculine man. What a masculine man wants is what he can't provide in the relationship. A masculine man, he's got it, he's a provider, he's secure, he's financially independent, he's got all of these things, he's ambitious. He doesn't want a woman to meet him at that level. That, he's already got that. What he wants is a woman who's emotionally available. He wants a woman who's intimate. He wants a woman who can support his emotions. He wants a woman who, you know, can, is nourishing, is nurturing. When he comes home from work and you're there and you're like, mm, in your feminine, he's like, oh my gosh, baby, you just make me like relax. Like, I'm so into this beautiful intimacy. It's not like you have to be turned on and like this radiant goddess all the time, but it's like you have to be a match for that, right? And I do see this, like, depolarization happening in society where women are more masculine, men are more feminine, and so there's this huge clash. It's like if you have been attracting weak men, oh, it's probably because you are too strong of a woman. And you can be a strong woman, and also attract a man. Like I would say I'm quite a strong woman. You can even see now, like when I present, when I am, you know, in my, I don't like to call myself a boss babe or a girl boss because it just like is, ugh, that word doesn't vibe with me. But when I'm in my mode and in my leadership and in that queen energy, yes, I'm stronger. Yes, I'm more in my masculine a little bit. But when I'm done with work, I completely flip the switch. I'm into, you know, like housewife cooking mode. Like when I'm in my menstrual phase, I'm just cooking. I barely am in my business. If I'm on a date with a guy or I come home to my man or whatever, or a man comes home to me, I am completely switched into my feminine. I'm not in this presenter girl boss mode. 
But the true, like, measure of your femininity is also being able to switch into your masculine and feminine with ease. That, yes, maybe for a little bit more in your masculine during your workday, after workday, you can completely surrender back into your feminine. And that's really, really important to keep that polarity. That is so beautiful. And what I'm really, like, hearing there, right, is as women, when we're in our head, you know, but sometimes we need to be in our head. We're doing work. We're getting things done. We're more in our masculine side of us. But then after we finish work, it's about coming back into our heart. And I know that so many women struggle with this. We're, we're scared to be so vulnerable around our partner, around, particularly around our man, but realizing that a masculine man and someone who really loves you also loves that. I remember this time my partner and I were in Noosa together. We went for this walk. We decided to just sit at this random place with these rocks. We were looking over at the ocean and there was this whale that was just coming up at, out of the ocean for like 10, 15 minutes. And I just started crying, right? The, I was in my heart. I was crying these tears of gratitude. My partner was next to me and he was looking at me and he was like, oh my God, you, seeing you like this helps me connect so much deeper to my emotions and helps me feel even more connected to you, right? And so we don't realize men love our vulnerability. Men love it when we are in our heart because they can then feel it. Right? Imagine if there's two of us in this relationship and the man is in their head and men tend to be more in their head, right, sometimes. And then we're also in our head and it's just like there's no connection there, right? The connection mm. is really felt when we are in our heart. And so doing the work around opening your heart is so powerful and so potent. Like I would mention earlier and Katie said, you know, when we keep attracting emotionally unavailable people, it could be because we're emotionally unavailable and our heart is actually closed. And so sometimes when we unconsciously or consciously hold a fear around the trauma and the pain that we hold in our heart, and that's ten that tends to be the reason why we close our heart. We've been through previous heartbreak or emotional pain and we haven't dealt with it. We close our heart down so we don't need to feel it. And then to avoid doing that work, we keep attracting emotionally unavailable men because, because deep down we know if we were to attract someone who is fully there, fully ready to be with you, then we would have to actually work on what is going on in here. The, the emotions that we have, the trauma that we have in our heart, but also work on shifting the beliefs and the mental narratives that we hold around relationships, men and commitment and all the things. Mm. I love that. And really differentiating like the masculine is in their head and the feminine is in your heart. And I don't believe that you necessarily have to have a feminine career or be in a like feminine like role or workplace in order to actually embrace your feminine it's like again you can be in your head like there are days where i actually have like masculine mondays where i'm more in the admin in the numbers in the logic but then afterwards i can switch out and so that switch which i'm talking about of like then surrendering to your feminine at the end of the day is what kelly is saying getting out of your head and into the heart and the heart is that feeling. The heart is the emotions. The heart is the connection. And as Kelly said, it's like so often we wait for the man to lead things. And yes, overall, I like to think the man leads the actions, but the women leads with connection, vulnerability, and emotions. So don't wait for your man to open up emotionally. You can actually invite him to open up by you being open. Like why would a man want to be open and be in his heart when his woman is in her head like a man only feels comfortable opening up emotionally if his woman he can feel his woman is in her heart 
and she is being vulnerable and feeling and so that connects it so don't be afraid to be the one initially Instagram limit went off again, but don't be afraid to be the one initiating um, the emotional connection and emotional emotional vulnerability there. That is super important as well. A hundred percent. And if anyone has any questions, then feel free to pop them in the comment section below about this chat really about dating men and feminine masculine energy all of the things oh this is so resonant i love that and this is like this is the reality right when you when you're in your heart especially as a woman when you're in your heart and you speak from your heart it is going to resonate for people right and people are going to get it and i think that we can get so in our head like oh it needs to be all this logical everything needs to be written out and all this stuff at the end of the day, if you can just connect in with your own heart, trust the message that comes through and is delivered through you is going to be powerful and is going to really, really resonate. Wow, Katie, where are you going today? <laughs> or this is just your everyday makeup look? Oh, this is my everyday. I've got a filter on. Though. This is my everyday makeup look. And that's the thing of like, um, I'm currently doing a program with Monica Yates, if you don't know, she's an amazing coach, called Her. And it's like showing up as that powerful woman. And so um, it's really important to show up as your next level self. And for every single person, that's different. So Kelly's just like not a makeup person. For me, I just feel so done up, like such a, and I was going to say boss lady, but no, I don't like that vibe. But just like in my power, when I've got makeup and my hair done, and it just makes me feel like that next level. And that's part of manifesting. It's like, I work from home, obviously, so it's like I don't need an excuse to like dress up and all of this. Like I don't have, I'm not going to an office, but I still love to do all that because it just makes me feel like that next level. So, you know, what's going to make you feel like you're attracting that next level and that you're embodying that vibe? Maybe it's just putting on some like red lace panties or whatever it is, but just like do that vibe. And for me, it's makeup every day. Yes, and I think some people honestly might look at Katie even right now, especially, and be like, "Oh, that's what the feminine is," and mm. that's not true, right. The feminine is not wearing makeup and having your hair. It's the feminine. Nothing to do with that or flowy dresses and you know. Yeah, so people think like the feminine is an aesthetic, and yes, there's like a feminine like aesthetic of to how to dress. Like you would say that wearing flowy things, wearing dresses, like wearing girly stuff is more feminine that's feminine style but you can dress feminine all you want but if your essence isn't feminine then it doesn't matter and so it's not about how you look it's how you feel for me i do feel more feminine when i'm wearing skirts dresses flowy things but it's like being able to embody that so don't just think oh i'm suiting or matching the aesthetic it's like when i am doing certain things because I think it's feminine, am I actually feeling the difference of that I'm dropping into my heart, I'm being more flowy, I'm being more flexible? Or am I just doing it thinking that that's what feminine people do, right? So again, feminine is a feeling, feminine is a way of being, feminine isn't just, oh, wear a dress and you're feminine, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, because later in the day, if you put tracksuit pants on, that doesn't make you masculine. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you are feminine at your core and in your energy, not in what you wear and how you look. And I know so, um, so many deeply, like women who are deeply connected to their um, femininity and stuff like that, who literally live all day, love to wear tracksuit pants and like black, gray, dark clothes. Like, that is no representation of what masculine or, or what masculine or feminine actually mean. Mm. Hello, Steph. Beautiful Stephanie, we're catching up on Friday. Where we got tomorrow's Friday, right? Yeah, yes, yes. tomorrow. But yeah, any other questions? I love this impromptu live. I love how Callie and I didn't plan to go to Pilates like <laughs> both this morning and see each other there, and then um, we started having this conversation. I got back and I'm like, I need to talk about this, and Callie joins me on this live. How amazing! And let's upload <laughs> this as a podcast episode as well. Oh but yeah, gosh. any other questions? What? What I actually wanted to say is that at least I do not believe that we manifest or, or attract a partner based on, oh, it's like just the timing and we had to wait and mm. it had to be this moment mm. in time. I believe that you attract the partner of, you attract the right partner when you're actually ready for it. And a yes. great example of this is my current partner now. Um, so I'm his like first like committed relationship, right? And he has... He went on plenty of dates and would see girls, obviously, before me, right? And it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't the right woman. He explicitly said that he didn't want a relationship and he would consciously try to shut down when, when any feelings would come up because he said, it's not the time in my life right now where I can actually, where I want a relationship, right? And so you can see that it's not that he wasn't meeting the right women. It's that his heart wasn't open to let himself feel the emotions mm -hmm. and the same goes for us like when we are attracting emotionally unavailable men a part of us a small it could be a tiny part of us is not actually ready for that commitment and for that love yeah that's another homework exercise it's like what am i fearful of or what am i avoiding in a relationship that perpetuates me being single right? Because being single is a gift and it's beautiful, but are you also self-sabotaging yourself by just saying relationships too hard? Relationships are too much effort. It requires too much vulnerability. It requires a lot of time and energy, which it does. But one reason, one big reason people don't manifest what they want to manifest is because they fear what's going to happen if they do. And this is for relationship, money, success. So many people are actually afraid of success because more success equals more responsibility, being seen more. Um, maybe more pressure, more taxes, more money to manage, a bigger audience means I have to hire people. Like there's so much more and your brain could be like, that's too much responsibility. I tap out. It's easiest playing small. Is it because your brain will lean into whatever option feels like the option of least resistance for you. So if your nervous system feels safer being single and like it is, less resistance and there are more benefits than being single than being in a relationship, then your body is going to keep sabotaging to be single, right? Rather than to be in a relationship. And it can also be the other way around. Like if you fear being single, so you keep entering into non-aligned relationships because you're actually running away from yourself and you actually feel like you can't be alone then that's another thing as well because you, I do believe you do need to allow yourself to have a really good period in your life where you're intentionally single 
and intentionally dating yourself, right? And so for me, how my vibe is in attracting my conscious king is this. I know who I want. I've got the awareness and intentionality around the exact man I want to attract into my life. I've got a list not only of the external you know, things that he has, but also the qualities in which he embodies. For example, he is emotionally available. He is attentive to my needs. He consciously communicates. He's done the inner work. He's into spirituality. And so I stick to this list when dating so I know exactly whether or not, you know, it's aligned, but also obviously the connection. Like he can tick all the boxes, but if the connection's not there, it doesn't matter. But I'm in this stage of knowing just like we play in the quantum field of I know that me attracting my conscious king and my conscious partnership is inevitable. Like I know that that's inevitable and I'm not available for anything less. I'm only available for my conscious king or even better than I could even imagine. Right. And so knowing that and playing in collapsing time, so knowing that this is the moment before I'm about to attract my conscious king that it is inevitable. How would I show up knowing that these are my last moments being single? So many of us are rushing to get to the next stage in our journey, rushing to get to the next phase of I'm sick of being single. I want to just quantum leap into attracting my man. You're not available for attracting your conscious king if you were resenting being single. Let that land you're not available for attracting your conscious king if you're resenting and resisting being single because i'll tell you if you knew you were going to meet your conscious king tomorrow how would you enjoy your last day of being single right mm-hmm. it's like oh my fucking god i would make the most of it oh my god the past two years of being single and just dating here and there i fucking wasted it waiting and wanting my guy feeling like being single is not enough you know or whatever that is in your life whether you want 10k months whether you want the new job the freedom the travel that version of you if you access her right now in the quantum field what does she say to the version of you now who's not quite there yet she's saying fucking enjoy this moment Because it's inevitable. It's right around the corner. Can you just enjoy this stage of your life? Because I wish, you know, the version of you that's in the conscious partnership, I wish I enjoyed being single more. I wish I realized the gift in being single. I wish I realized the gift of that moment where you quit your nine to five and you're in that void and you have no income and you are full of possibility. Like do this exercise now even from this point in your life and the things that you have and look back at the version of you who was wishing and hoping and wanting so bad to be in this part of your life now what would you say to her i say to that katie who quit her nine to five and had no income just at the beginning of the pandemic was starting her business fucking relax the money is coming your success is right around the corner you're got you're about a quantum leap you're this close Enjoy this moment. Enjoy your last moments at your nine to five. Enjoy your last moments, you know, in your uni degree or whatever it is that you're doing. Fucking enjoy it, right? Because if you're not enjoying this now moment, then you're not actually 
available for what you're calling in next. Because if you knew the inevitability of whatever it is that you want, you would enjoy this moment and squeeze every last drop out of the pleasure of this moment, knowing that this is my last moment without my desire. How's oh that? Oh my God. I love that. And realizing how it's really just a self-created illusion and an excuse to keep our heart closed and to stay in suffering when mm. we say that we need, we need that. Oh, I need the relationship, the 10K month, the, the client, the this, the that. I can tell you right now that manifesting those things doesn't change anything, right? And when we hold onto that self-created illusion, it only creates more pain, right? When we yes. hold onto, oh, like, please, the 10K month, it's going to change my whole life. I can tell you right now that when you receive it, if that's your mentality beforehand, when you receive it, you are going to be more depressed than ever mm. because we're in victimhood. We're believing that something outside of us in like a piece of paper, like some money is going to change what's going on inside emotionally. Like it really will not. And something that I think is really powerful to ask yourself is if you knew, let's say you were going to manifest your dream man in two months or in six months, this incredible person that you've been that like you've been thinking about, you've got in your, you can picture him, you can picture the relationship. What would you actually work on within yourself prior to meeting him? Right? Like what, what would you let go of? What emotional traumas and like perhaps the way that your ex treated you and you still think about it and it still angers you would, do you want to take that with you into your new, your new healthy relationship or do you want to leave it at the door? So yeah. the time and moments where you were single is the most perfect time, most beautiful time to actually look at doing some of that work and healing and releasing and letting go of anything that you don't want to bring with you into this beautiful new partnership that you're going to manifest. Yes, exactly. So doing that healing work, taking self-responsibility. And as you said, when you pin a certain emotion to a milestone, an external milestone, you are outsourcing your power. You are saying, I can only feel free once I hit 10K months. I can only feel loved when I have my conscious king. And if I'm not in partnership, then I will feel lonely and depressed. And right? You actually, so I said, oh, well, if you do that, then you'll be more depressed than ever when you receive it. But some people will be happier than ever because you declared it to be true. Not because mm -hmm. manifesting the partner has brought you happiness. No, because you decided that you will let yourself be happy when you manifest it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're giving yourself that permission of like, I'm only going to allow myself to feel good about myself when I hit that milestone. And that's the whole point of like, you're actually never in lack. You're only in lack when you decide that this moment in your life is lack. So again, like, let's say you're completely broke, but you knew that tomorrow you were going to win $10 million or, or $10 million is going to be like deposited into your bank account. Would you really feel lack? No, because you'd be like, oh my God, I get to enjoy this last moment. Or I'm um, being single, it's either a gift or it's either a curse, depending on how you see it. But if you knew that whatever you were desiring to manifest was right around the corner, you wouldn't see this moment as lack. You would see this as a beautiful stepping stone, as its own unique chapter and moment to cherish. So, if you believe that your situation now is in lack, what you're saying is I don't believe in the inevitability of what's coming. I don't see my desire 
as inevitable. Because if you did, then you wouldn't be in lack. Because you'd be like, oh my God, this is such a beautiful moment. Because I trust and I have faith that whatever I want is coming. So how could you be in lack? Yes. 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 Yes, that just reminds me of when I had my blowing stolen in Milan and I had thousands of dollars of stuff in there. And for, like, initially, I just felt this emptiness and, oh, it's gone and it's lost. And I was, like, feeling I'm in a worse position now than when I started this trip. And I remember thinking to myself, the universe would never do that to me. I am never in a worse position. I might think so because it's an illusion I've created. And ultimately getting repaid the money through my insurance. But not only that, I became richer in other ways, Mm. right? Losing my belongings was like an essential part of my journey that you might consider it, oh, well, you lost five, $7,000 worth of belongings. Aren't you losing? Aren't you in lack there? No, because I gained in other ways. I gained greater insight about what's really important to me. I shifted my mentality around my belongings and I accepted that sometimes it is, this is just part of my journey and it just needs to, it need, I need to release it. And I actually see it now as a, as a donation. I remember talking about Donation? That. Yeah, as a beautiful I love that. donation. The person who took my stuff, like they probably really needed it a lot more than me. And allowing and accepting like the universe, allowing and accepting situations because you trust in the universe and you know that no matter what you perceive yourself to have lost, you're never in lack. And you, what you lose in one form, you will gain back in another. Yes, because energy can never be created or destroyed. So anytime you feel like energy has been siphoned off in this one way, it's actually the energy. You always have the same energetic capacity. You always have the same abundance flowing around you. You can never lose abundance or gain abundance, or always at full capacity and abundance in everything that you have, but it's just in different forms. So let's say you have a different potency. So let's say you have 50 friends, but they're all kind of like, you're not close with them. And then you lose most of them, but now you have five super close friends. Your energetic cup of friendship is the same. It's still as full or even fuller, because the potency of five friends is the exact same energy of having um, 50 non-potent friends. So do you see what I mean? Of like you're never actually losing. Energy is just always flowing in different ways. So if you're wanting abundance right now and you feel like you don't have abundance financially, list out all the ways in which you are abundant non-financially. Are you abundant in support? Are you abundant in, I don't know, in, in nature, in yes. the water that you have running from your tap, right? Every day you wash your hands. That is abundance right there. Mm. And I think we, we overlook these simple things and we might think, well, we live in this great country and other people all have that. Everyone has that. It's not, it's not a, a special thing, but it is. And when we open our heart to that and realize the abundance that we have around us all of the time, then you actually sort of almost turn the tap on and let more abundance flow into your life. Exactly, exactly. It's always seeking and looking at the glass half full. Look at what you have and you receive more of that. Look at what you don't have and the illusion of lack and you're just um, perpetuating or solidifying that fact in itself. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Amazing. Thank 
Oh Thank you all for joining today. It was such a beautiful, impromptu live. I feel like you always have so much to say and I want to do more lives for sure. So let me know what conversations you want us to chat about. We'll upload this to the podcast and we will see you next time. If you want to join in on more of these vibes, then I invite you into the Conscious Cleans Collective, my 12-month program where we talk all things um, feminine energy, business, um, quantum manifestation, time collapsed wealth. We have over 50 lessons on the inside and every month you get three live calls with me, including one live training, one embodiment call, and one um, group coaching call for accountability and there as well so if you want to join then dm me or head to my link in my bio when you do join the conscious queens collective you get a bonus one-on-one private call with me that private call is worth 500 us dollars so it's such an incredible way to be in my world and my space for an entire year so for those queens who are really really committed to your growth your expansion and your evolution I will see you next time. Thank you so much, Callie, for joining in and making yes. this conversation 10 times better. And anyone who is really wanting that personalized support to help open your heart deeper, to actually work on and heal some, any of the traumas, the fears that you might be holding on to that's preventing you from actually attracting and manifesting an emotionally available partner, then I highly recommend you jump into my private one-on-one mentorship space. For more details or to join, just visit my link in bio or just shoot me a DM. Let me know what it is you're wanting to work on and let's just get chatting and go from there. Perfect. Have an amazing day, my loves, and we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.